Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 252. It's really about how can you leverage technology to provide a more personalized guest experience uh, without having the technology be the, in the forefront, if that makes sense. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you short on time when it comes to training your restaurant staff? Well, if you are, don't worry. I'm sure you're not alone. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can find that light by visiting Tipsy for a whole library of video courses delivered by World Barista Champions, leading sommeliers, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Learn more by clicking the Tipsy banner in the show notes. If you choose to subscribe today, you'll get a special 50% discount because your restaurant unstoppable listeners get on it. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? Uh, this is Eric Cacciatore, and I'm sitting here with Lauren Laviola. Did I say that right, Lauren? You did. Yes. Uh, and uh, one of the things I love about this podcast is that I get the opportunity to uh, discover people doing really awesome things and to use this platform to spread the good word and to make the world just a little bit better. And I have an interview with the founder of Toast, and we're going to be discussing the future of POS systems. Uh, but before we dive into the, the, the major topic today, I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce Lauren to you. Uh, and I'm here with Lauren because she reached out to me, uh, and she was telling me about something, a, a project she's been a part of for a while now called CORE, uh, which stands for Children of Restaurant Employees. Uh, Children of Restaurant Employees CORE is a 501c3 charitable organization funded by uh, donations from individuals, and uh, CORE supports the children of food and beverage employees who are navigating life, altering circumstances or conditions. And uh, this is just a huge aerial view of uh, who you are and what project you're working on, Lauren. And we're here today to kind of spread the good word and to uh, let people know about this resource that exists. Cause I feel like uh, so many people probably just don't know it's out there and you're helping so many people. Your, your cause is so good uh, there. I mean, I'll, I'll let you kind of tell the story about uh, the organization uh, and maybe introduce yourself a little bit and we'll kind of find out what you guys are working on. Sure. Absolutely. So um, I'm the executive director of core and CORE has been around since 2004. Um, it all started just because a bunch of folks in the national account beverage, uh, food and beverage world were sitting around and realized there's a lot of amazing charities out there that this industry gives back to. But there wasn't one at that time that really was giving back to our own. Mm. So that's our tagline. Like That's our mantra is giving back to the industry people that make the industry tick. Mm-hmm. So in that conversation, they realized, you know, this industry is a giant family. Mm. And the core of any family is the children. So if families in this industry are going through something that's life altering, um, either a circumstance or condition. So that could be uh, a f- immediate family member gets diagnosed with a medical condition that involves lots of doctor's appointments and medical um, hospital stays and people missing work. Or maybe a family member passes away or something like a house fire happens or car accident, anything like that, that really hits the family hard and takes them out of work when they're not working and they're not getting paid. And a lot of people have this job so they can have that malleable schedule so they can have appointments and go to things when they need to. Um, so really, you know, the children kind of get hit the most is they're, you know, they're the 
kind of next down on the chain that really misses out on some opportunities and might need some more support um, during those times. So we grant support um, up to $10,000 in a grant, but not really in excess of, but it ranges. Um, The low end can be one, $2,000. It really depends on what the need is. How Um, much have you given out up to this point? You were founded in 2004 and uh, how much have you given out to this point? So since 2004, we've raised a little over $2 million and we've supported um, about 150 children. Wow. So um, I'd say we've given out probably about 600,000. That's awesome. Um, or one, gosh, that's not even accurate. A little over uh, 1.5 million that we've given out. Oh, wow. So um, that's, and then right now, just in 2016, to show kind of where the growth has gone since then, we've already supported 43 kids across 26 families mm-hmm. and from 12 states. So um, we help all over the country. I think since we've started, we've helped families across probably 35 to 40 of those states, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, we are Georgia 501c3, so but um, we do support nationally. Awesome. Um, so uh started in 2004 like tell me like the aha moment or the beginning of this company and uh, who was behind it and what was going on that made uh whoever started this organization you know what was like the trigger sure um so like i said they just they were realizing that they they're all involved in these great dinners and and, you know promotions that give back and they really you know think that they realize that they've heard stories when either they were out talking to people just realizing how hard it really is for some folks that don't have medical insurance or a lot of people in this industry it's a lot and so just finding a way to you know if they weren't there selling product for some of these folks and their product wouldn't get sold Mm. so they respect and realize that they're part of this same circle um and that they couldn't work without each other um our founding members are um paula conti mara lee larry mcginn John Necrash and Stan Novak. Okay. Um, and these five individuals have been in the national account world, gosh, at this point, you know, 15, 20, 30 years across all of them and have so much experience and connections to really get this thing started. And I think they had this idea. I don't know if they ever thought it would get this far. That probably was the dream. Um, but we're, we're growing a lot. Awesome. Well, as you should be, because, you know, just the core of what you're doing at core that was potential. It's just so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that definitely needs attention. And there's so many people who have the needs out there who just aren't getting the help they need. And, uh, people in this industry are just such, they have the biggest hearts They we live to serve. And it's good to see other people serving those in our industry and helping them just get by with things that happen in life. Um, now I'm curious, can you share an example or tell a story of one of the families you've helped and, uh, maybe like, you know, just shine some light on exactly the kind of work you're doing. No, absolutely. And really quick, just to speak to what you were saying about this family having such a big heart Mm -hmm. or this industry, it really is a giant family. I fell in love with it in my early 20s, you know, getting out of college and working in that industry and realizing how hard people work and how much that they care about you and will give the shirt off their back. So it's really nice to be involved in um, the, you know, this, this industry in this way and giving back to so many people that really mean a lot to all of us. Um, So to kind of give you probably like three quick examples that show just a breadth of, of what we do. Um, I would say that there's, there's one family that's recent and there he's a catering director and chef down in a hotel in Florida and he has five children. Well, when his wife gave birth to the fifth child, um, she passed away a few weeks later, um, of a stroke and 
that she, you know, he's the breadwinner, but she was the one that stayed home and took care of the family. Um, so in this situation, that's one of our biggest grants because there's a lot, there's a, there's a giant need there for this family. And after speaking with their HR director and really mulling over and talking with the father and realizing what maybe he needs during this time, it was helping to pay for childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we worked with them on care.com and tried to find someone that you know, they were really comfortable with, get them in the house and see if the kids like them. And we'll be paying for up to the max of their grant for this, um, for this the, the nanny or, or, you know, sitter for the children, um, probably for probably about four or five months. And that will really help him getting back to work and get back on his feet, know that his kids are being taken care of and give him some time to figure out how he's going to navigate this now because um, life is completely different. Um, another uh, family that we have helped recently, um, a couple of years ago, we have a family, the, the mom was uh, worked at McDonald's, um, in Illinois and her son was diagnosed with, um, DIPG, which is a kind of a rare cancer. A lot of times that children get, and I, I want to say the percentage rate and don't quote me on this is like one, 2% that survive less than 5%. So he was uh, five or six at the time and it was terminal and they knew he was going to pass away. So one thing that we do kind of in that circumstance is give the family an opportunity to go on a trip together, to get away, to make those memories um, that they can carry with them for the rest of their lives. So we sent them to San Diego and we put them up in an amazing hotel with a great view that has a pool that, the, you know, the first time he'd ever seen the ocean, um, the first time I think the mom might have. And getting pictures back of a child seeing the ocean for the first and only time in his life. It, it, you can't imagine how rewarding that is, but he got to go to Legoland and the zoo and all those different places. And we still hear from them saying that was, you know, the memories they have from that trip are irreplaceable. It's one thing, some things I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. He ended up passing away a couple months later. And what we were able to do is they contacted us. They wanted all the pallbearers to be superheroes because Aiden was an Avenger. So um, we purchased superhero outfits for all the pallbearers to wear as they carried his casket. Um, but what they did do is before he passed away, they all wore those into his house and they went and saw Aiden probably his last week of life dressed as all these superheroes. And we know that meant so much to that family. Um, those are incredible stories you're sharing with us. And yeah. I mean, I guess the next thing to discuss is if you're listening to this, if you're in the position to help, how can we uh, support this group of yours and where's the place the best place to go to learn more, or maybe you're in need of help. Like what's the best way to connect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all those ways. So our website is core gives G I V E S. Don't forget the S dot org O R G. Um, on our site, you can find everything. You can find stories of our children, um, uh, our solicitor, of our sponsors to help us a calendar of events. You can donate there directly. If you're looking to donate, um, you know, financially, you can refer a child there. Um, that's where there's an online application that gets sent back to us, um, an application for support. And there's also all of our handles for social media. So you can find us everywhere on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. I think I'm sure I said that, but and there's many ways people can help from a corporate perspective. You can be a corporate member. Um, and we have membership levels there that range from about $1,000 to $15,000. Um, but on a personal way, I mean, spreading the word. I mean, it's not always about money. It's everyone knows someone that works in this industry and just talking about us, letting them know that we exist. Um, it's amazing how many people we meet through friends of friends of friends on Facebook mm-hmm. or when we talk to someone at a restaurant um, and leave a card behind and they're like, oh, we have this person at our 
at our restaurant now or our bar. So um, we have an ambassador program we've just launched. And so we want folks from all over the country to have an opportunity to have a, an ambassador business card to leave behind when they go places. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're just wearing a t-shirt around or showing up at events to help volunteer if they're local. And then um, other ways you can get involved. Um, I would say are referring a family. That's really important. Um, it, it, people are very hesitant to, to nominate themselves. Mm. You don't like asking for help or a lot of these families think that they already have more than so many other families. So just referring a family to us and getting that conversation going so that we can, we can give back to them. Awesome. Um, well, I wish I could give more, uh, honestly, I, I like, I, I love what you guys are doing and, uh, I'm you know, honored to be able to just to, to use this platform to spread the word. And hopefully some of the folks out there are listening and thinking I can support this cause, or I know somebody who could really benefit from this cause. So hopefully, uh, you know, this little bit has, you know, does something for you guys. I really hope it is. Cause I, I love, I love the work you're doing and I'm totally behind and backing what you guys are all about. So, uh, thank you so much, Lauren, for taking the time to, uh, share the story of what you guys are doing. Um, I know this is just a little something, but I hope it, I hope it helps. And, uh, if you guys are out there, like, like Lauren said, um, share this podcast, spread the word, uh, and let's, uh, let's get some, some kids helped. Let's, let's start working together. And guys, this is episode 252, so head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 252. You'll find the links and everything you need to hop over to CORE. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this platform as well. It's it's, it's bigger than you think, and anyone that hears it, and, and you, you know, every time someone hears about us and they can continue to spread the word, is a huge help. So Absolutely. we're always here. It's my pleasure. All right, thanks. Cheers. All right, cheers. So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Amon Narong. Amon, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. Absolutely. In a show like Restaurant Unstoppable, <laughs> how can you not? All right. Great. That is what we like to hear. So Amon Narong is, the, is a graduate from MIT and co-founder at Toast. Toast is an all-in-one restaurant technology platform built specifically for restaurants. Toast brings together many solutions from integrated online ordering to gift card uh, and loyalty programs to labor and sales reporting, all on a mobile cloud-based POS system. Today, Aman and I are going to be discussing uh, the future of POS systems. We'll be trying to answer the following question, which is, how will POS systems impact human relations and operations in the future restaurant? So, that's just a quick aerial view of what we're here to do. I can't re- wait to dive into this conversation because it's kind of been one that's been a hot topic on the show. But before we do dive into the topic, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Sure, Eric. Um, you know, a quote that I, I read recently that I really enjoy personally is one, um, happiness is uh, – Something to do, something to love, and something to hope for. And for me, that's something that drives me every day to come into work and do the best that I can. Awesome. I love it. And it's so true. I mean, I've just noticed that so many successful people, uh, one of the reasons why they're successful is because they're positive. It's because they're happy. And it attracts just positivity, good things onto them in their lives. And it's, I mean, getting to talk to so many successful people, it's just one of those correlations that are just definitely there. So great way to start this off, Amon. Um, so let's find out more about you. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about how you got to where you are today and why you are an authority on the topic of POS systems? Sure. So um, uh, I've been in the technology industry for over a decade. Um, myself and my co-founders at Toast, uh, we 
um, joined a company, a startup company in, in Cambridge called Endeka uh, at MIT. And uh, we spent about six or seven years uh, learning a lot about how to build, you know, enterprise-grade software. We had, uh, Endeka was an e-commerce company. So, you know, you probably as an end user used Endeka uh, on a variety of sites uh, such as Home Depot or Nike or Disney. We had you know, about half of, uh, I'd say, of the top 100 uh, retail sites in the U.S. Um, and um, after Endeka, myself and uh, a few of us, you know, we, uh, we happened to land uh, in uh, the restaurant space based on our, our own experiences, obviously, as guests. Um, we uh, used to frequent a restaurant in Kendall Square uh, called Firebrand Saints. And... Uh, um, you know, one night that myself and Steve, who's my co-founder at Toast, we were out, and uh, you know, it took us about 20, 30 minutes to check out, to get our check and to leave, and uh, um, and um, and we felt there was an opportunity to improve that guest experience from a checkout perspective. So that's how we got started, and uh, we learned a lot about the restaurant ecosystem in terms of all the different technologies that are typically at play, uh, whether it's uh, you know a uh, uh, a restaurant group with five units or uh, a Starbucks even for that matter, right? So these days you think a lot about how technology is impacting the guest experience and uh, and that's how we got started and uh, and uh, we've, you know, our, our core mission at Toast is to really build a customer-centric POS that keeps the customer in mind, right, um, in terms of the different ways that they want to be able to interact with the restaurant. Awesome. Um, some really cool things there that you're just talking about, and I'm curious. Can you put a timeline? Like, when were we? What, 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 like, what point of time was it when we were sitting in these restaurants as a guest, and it was taking you 20 to 30 minutes to check out? How long ago was that? Sure. Uh, this is in 2011, end of 2011, and uh, you know, it was not. It's not something that happens every day, obviously. But if you've got, you walk into a you know busy bar restaurant, and uh, and things are happening, right? Sometimes it's it's difficult to. Uh, get your waiter or, or, and be able to check out. And so, uh, you know, you look at what Uber has done and you look at just generally where technology is headed. And one of the questions we had asked ourselves was, could you make that checkout experience better? Yeah. I'm curious, uh, in 2011, five years ago, what was your vision for a solution? Um, and how far off are you from that vision today? Great, Great question. So, um, you know, one of the things that we noticed right off the bat was uh, a lot of the technology in restaurants uh, was on-premise, right? So what I mean by that is if you've got a POS system, you've got uh, a variety of different terminals, right, that are typically speaking with a back office computer or server. And uh, there are a couple of challenges with that approach. One is, you know, as an operator in a restaurant, you have to manage or maintain that back office server, Right. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it's a, it's a single point of failure in your in your POS system because if that back office server has a problem, that your POS system can can go down. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the world, right today, you look at all the different technologies customers can use to interact with restaurants, whether it's OpenTable or um, Grubhub or you know a variety of additional systems. They typically need to interact with the POS, and so having a system that is installed in the restaurant can make that complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, operationally uh, and technically. And so, you know, one question we ask ourselves is you look at technology today, right? You look at how simple, as an example, how simple your smartphone or tablet is. 
and both from an operational perspective and from a usage perspective. And we said, could you make your point of sale, right, technology and in restaurant technology in general, simple uh, in that sense? And so, you know, that drove us early on. And, and I think uh, we have made great progress towards building something that, uh, that has kind of lived up to uh, that vision. Awesome. So you're always been an innovator. You're always looking for ways to improve the customer experience and make things better to get more time back in our day. And uh, some of the things we're going to be talking about today, the, the, the discussion is really going to be centered around, um, you know, just what's going on in the world and some of the things that um, I, let's just start the first topic, which is uh, how tech has impacted restaurant operators and restaurant guests in their actual lives and how it impacts uh, also something I want to talk about the inner guests. So, uh, Let's talk about that today. We talked about where it was in 2011, but how is it? How is that going on today? You know, let's let's start by looking at uh, some of the segments, right? So within uh, the fast casual segment, which is obviously a very fast growing segment, um, one of the big things I see is 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 customers are looking for high quality food, right? Efficiently. Now, obviously there are exceptions, but as a you know, in terms of where customers typically lean. And you look at all the different technologies out there to make that possible, right? So you've got experiences like, you know, what Uber's doing, for example, with Uber Fresh and Uber Eats, where it's so efficient to get food over uh, to your office building or to your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at uh, technologies like um, all the online ordering providers, for example. Um, you look at what Starbucks has done or Domino's in terms of making it easy right, for the guests to interact with the restaurant, right, on their own terms, mm-hmm. and to be able to... Uh, efficiently get uh, a high a high quality meal, and so um, in that segment, I see uh, a variety of technologies becoming more and more uh, important and growing. Uh, so certainly, you see online ordering uh, be a big factor. Uh, you're seeing uh, kiosk technology starting to emerge, right? So you, I think you, a few of uh, Panera's did some. Uh, kind of led the way, at least from what I've seen, with uh, with the self serve technology. And there's certainly a place for that. That's obviously never going to replace right, the, the human element of what it means to go to a restaurant, but there's a place there uh, to help augment maybe uh, the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, there's, uh, there's uh, uh, other technology. If you, look at in, 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 if you look at the fine dining or sit-down experience typically, right, it's, it's really about how can you provide uh, – you know, the, the cheers experience, quote-unquote, or the more personalized experience for the guest where, and if I'm going to go spend, um, um, you know, $100 or more on a meal, right, uh, and uh, I'm going to spend, uh, you know, uh, you know an evening, I want to make an e- evening of it, it's really about how can you leverage technology to provide uh, a more personalized guest experience uh, without having the technology be the, in the forefront, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And uh, it's funny because one of my favorite quotes or one of my favorite ideas or concepts comes from Jeff Benjamin uh, of the Vetri Restaurant Group. And he was telling me about how when he first encountered Open Table, uh, how many ever year, years ago back it was, uh, he was really put off by it because the, the person that was trying to sell him this service was just talking about how much uh, more time he's going to have because he's not going to be he's not going to have to worry about connecting with his guests. Like the this is going to automate the on like the, the reservation process. You're not going to have to worry about answering 
calls, but he didn't like that because he looked forward to those phone calls, right? Like he really enjoyed that time where he had that high touch opportunity uh, with his guests because that's where they blow it out of the water. So um, I, that's one of the things where I, that's how I get concerned with uh, technology is because I think people forget how high touch it is, and that's really those opportunities that whenever we get to to really connect with our our guests face to face or on a personal level, that's where we can shine. So how can we use technology in a way that doesn't dilute that personal touch? Right, right, absolutely. And I think you know sometimes you look at an ex- I'll give an example of of uh, of something that that uh, I think is along those lines. Um, you know, as a guest, let's say I'm looking to get lunch uh, and I'm at work. Um, you know, one tech, you know, I can definitely use an online ordering solution and uh, and leverage that to you know make it easy for me in terms of being able to go down and pick it up. And I may do that from time to time, not every day, because there are days I have more time and I want to go down and I'm happy to kind of get away from work and and uh, get in the restaurant and stand in line and spend some time, you know, uh, checking out the menu board and and that's what I want to do. Uh, but then there are other days where you know I'm more concerned with time and efficiency, and so I think it's about giving the end user options. Now, what happens though is when you give the end user a lot of options, right? Guess what? From a restaurant operations perspective, right, it can add complexity. And so the goal of the technology is to, you know, not only provide a, a great guest experience, but to also make the operators' lives easier. And I think there's a lot of work to be done there, right? Um, example of this is, let's say I place an order online, right? And let's say there's 50 other guests, uh, my coworkers, and other other folks in my building that place orders online to a restaurant downstairs. So one restaurant I like downstairs from where I work near Fenway, Saloniki. Okay. Um, and uh, so, you know, one option is, well, those orders show up on a tablet that is separate from your point of sale. Right. It's very typical, right? A lot of restaurants today will support multiple online ordering vendors, so just so they have coverage. And you'll see, if you walk in, you'll see these tablets from all these different providers. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, well, when you get busy, you've got to line out the door, plus you've got 50 orders that just came in through your online ordering yeah. tablets. Well, what do you have to do now? You have to have somebody literally manually key in those orders from those tablets mm-hmm. into your POS. Uh, not always, but in many cases. And... There's two challenges. One is you're doing all this manual entry, which which takes away from being able to provide a great guest experience. And two, you uh, you are providing experience for the guest where you know they don't have clarity on you know exactly how long it's going to take for the food to be ready because the online ordering solution does not marry up with what's happening in the store. Mm. So one of the things that I think about is well, you only want to provide a single experience, a single. Uh, guest-facing experience and, uh, and provide different avenues for them to connect with you, be it online, on their smartphone, right, or in-store, and, and provide a consistency there across those different experiences. Interesting. So I'm curious, um, with all these different reservation platforms that are out there, like Reserve, like OpenTable, like Resi, how does your ordering uh, uh, feature integrate with those services? Great question. So one of the things actually we've got a lot of requests for is to provide that integration uh, from the, right from the reservation into uh, our point of sale. And the idea is if I, if I place an order, or if I place a reservation right on OpenTable um, and uh, I walk in, uh, a lot of our customers use our handheld technology mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in uh, even in, in sit-down, post-serve environments. So the idea is 
you're taking the orders and the payments at the table. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm on my handheld, I've actually got the ability to know, you know, not only who's at the table, but to try to personalize that experience. So that's something we're working on. Okay. Uh, we don't have those integrations in place today, um, but we're actually working on, on, on not only integrating in that data from these reservation platforms, but to also try to identify guests using their smartphone. Uh, that you can now basically uh, create a connection, you know, uh, greet them by name, uh, and then uh, look at their, you know, their taste profile in terms of likes and dislikes. Awesome. And uh, what about with the online ordering? How exactly um, are you evolved, or how? I know there's like a bunch of services out there. The the names are kind of escaping my uh, my brain right now. The different services that provide online ordering, but how are you different from the, those standalone services? Where is it? Aside from having the order integrate directly into the POS system, so you don't have to manually do it, mm-hmm. um, I mean, how are you working with the websites? What, uh, like, are, do you have a button? Like, are you working with these web developers to integrate uh, the the button into the website? Like, how does that work? Right, right. So the way the Toast uh, online ordering solution is set up is, uh, um, it's uh, essentially think of it like almost like a Facebook page, yeah, right? where someone can go in. They can brand it, right? Uh, they can put in the background images, uh, their headers. Uh, they can sync their menu with their in-store menu, which is uh, powerful because if you've got specials or something's not available, uh, the online menu reflects that. Um, and uh, and then the menu essentially is easily linked from your website to uh, uh, let's say almost this toast page. Uh, where you click on a link, which like an online ordering link, and then it brings up a branded experience for that customer, for that restaurant, uh, where guests cannot order on their, you know, computer or smartphone or tablet. Um, and um, and the, the neat thing is, not only is the menu synced, the order then, as I, as you had mentioned, those can go straight from a customer's phone right right into a kitchen display system, for example. Oh, so cool. effic- from an efficiency standpoint, you know, you've got. Uh, end-to-end visibility, and then you can imagine, right, when uh, someone making your food and the kitchen display screen says it's ready, guess what? You as a, as a customer can know in real time with text with a text message that your food is ready. Oh, awesome. and so that, that provides kind of that two-way communication. So kind of the big theme that I'm getting here, and I'm going to go back to um, Jeff Benjamin's idea of uh, diluting that face-to-face, that, that human uh, encounter, is that the reason why they eventually ended up going to a service like Open Table is because they realized that at the end of the day, they're all about hospitality, and hospitality is about caring, providing convenience, uh, going above and beyond to really provide that, that exceptional service that comes with improved technology. And that's what I'm hearing is that when you when you make adopting technology about providing that incredible hospitality, that uh, above and beyond uh, extension of service that uh, for convenience, whatever it is that they might want to do, whatever your guests expect from you, it's your job to be hospitable to meet those standards, right? That's what they expect from you. And that's why they adopted this technology. But um, really everything I'm hearing you saying is by increasing all these efficiencies, by by making the process smoother and uh, more you know, by respecting their time, the guest experience that specifically their time, you are in return being hospitable. Um, but the biggest thing I, th- I think we need to take away from this, and you can um, agree or disagree, is that when we use these technologies to increase our efficiencies, to be more uh, productive, to be more efficient, to be more, I don't know, structured, uh, we don't then 
get away from that human touch. Uh, we don't look at, look at it as an excuse to, to put more. If anything, this frees us up to put more human touch into it. Now we have less work to do. Now we can have more hand time or, you know, FaceTime with our guests. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think definitely. If you, if you look at, you know, going out to eat in general, right, it's, it's so much about the people mm-hmm. and the experience in the restaurant is, is really driven by, uh, the staff and, uh, and, and so I don't think technology is ever going to take away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you some examples, I guess, that, that maybe try to make it a little bit more concrete. Um, you mentioned, right, uh, um, Vectory and uh, um, them going to open table. So uh, one of the things, they're actually a customer of ours, and one of the things that we talked to them about is, um, is some of our mobility. So um, the ability, for example, for every every server, right, uh, to have a terminal in their pocket. The, the goal there isn't to say that I'm going to stand in front of my guest with a handheld device um, and, and not make eye contact with my guests when I'm taking order. The goal is that I can have a dedicated device in my pocket that I can, that can, that I can open, right, in a moment's notice so I'm not walking, right, from one end of the dining room to the other and if it's busy, standing in line to place an order. Mm. And so it's all about how can you make it, it easy, right, uh, in real time for the staff to do their jobs. And so what we're seeing with that technology is, is uh, some of our customers are actually seeing uh, uh, a more time. The staff is seeing more time to just be uh, with their guests on the tables because they don't have to leave the dining room as often. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I... I... It's weird because one of the, the comments or one of the, the things that come up often on the show when I'm talking to my guests is that they don't want their servers to be their nose in this tablet and um, taken away from the customer experience. Like, But when I can't help but think to myself, what about when they're using their pen and paper to write down? How is that any different from having their nose in their pen and paper taking your order? Um, I, so I don't really get that argument and I want to share a quote from one of your customers. Um, this is coming from Ben Kaplan, who's a director of operations from Barbara Lynch Grupo, which is a, I mean, Barbara Lynch Grupo won best restaurant tour, I think 2015. So this is a restaurant group I want to listen to. And he said, uh, I can't emphasize enough how important it is that our servers are focused on interacting at table side with toast. It's so much faster to do things like change the price of the menu item or edit modifiers and that it really does free up the staff to focus on service. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's, I think, the mentality we have to have, right, is that it's, it's not taking our our servers away from the experience. It's, it's freeing up more time so they can engage more with the experience uh, and really knock it out of the park. Um, is that exactly what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, and this is actually true across segments. So we, we obviously were spending time talking about it a group like Barbara Lynch uh, in, in uh, focused on, you know, that's a high-end fine dining. Um, I think the same applies even in, in a fast casual location where, you know, you're giving technology, um, you're, you're offering up technology like kiosk technology, for example, or online ordering technology to provide efficiency, but it's not meant to uh, be a substitute for the hospitality, right, yeah. in there. I mean, I still love the fact that when I walk into... Uh, even the Starbucks downstairs that I go to, uh, that they know me my name at this point, and and uh, and and so the technology is meant to, I think, provide options for the end user to provide efficiency, but uh, 
but you know the 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 staff still ultimately makes the experience what it is yeah and um one other thing uh i want to touch on as far as you know not just thinking about our guests, but our inner guests. One of the comments I saw watching your videos is that uh, the process for inexperienced or people who are new to the industry, uh, like the the back of house, uh, um, the name's escaping me, but you basically have like a, a ticket, like a, a, a digital ticket that has time counting down. And uh, as far as people who are expos and of doing that type of work, that, uh, that, that type of work that provides a lot of structure, um, Having that look, that visual graphic really helps people uh, with the training process and moving into that role. Uh, how else has uh, newer technology helped the inner guest, the employee? Sure, sure. So I think we can start with the kitchen display system. So one of the things that you get is if you've got a complex operation, right, and you've got um, you know hundreds of tickets out there, uh, the ability to have multiple stations uh, that are accessible. Uh, very quickly where you can start to bump tickets from one station to another, uh, have expos that can manage uh, composing a meal and then uh, push it to a food runner. It can really provide a lot of efficiency because you can imagine if you get to, um, you know, hundreds of tickets, right, managing paper and making sure you keep track of all that paper and not lose a ticket, which I was yeah. really bad, oh, is, is, is really important. <laughs> uh, second thing I think is just from a digital experience, there's a lot of benefit to being able to understand Right after the fact, of how you're doing. You know, it could be, for example, that uh, you might notice in your data, right, in your reports after that, depending on how many people you have working uh, in the back of the house uh, and how busy the restaurant is, you might see some interesting patterns in terms of how efficiently your kitchen's working in terms of being able to, um, you know, get the food to the guest. Mm. And so we see some really interesting trends there where. You know, sometimes as restaurants get busier, right, there's, a, there's actually the right number, it, it'll almost tell you the right number of folks um, that provides for the best, most efficient experience. So we go, go back and look at the data, right, look at turn times, for example, look at the efficiency with which the food gets out the guest can make an impact. And, uh, and so one thing there, I think that in terms of the, the uh, in terms of the, the server or the operator, I think there's a couple things that, that, uh, that, that come up. So one is if I'm, a, if I'm a, a general manager or an owner at a restaurant, right, one of the nice things that I have uh, with a lot of these newer technologies uh, that are available today is, is just real-time access. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've got the ability, you know, I could be in the office in the restaurant or I could be on the beach and I've got, you know, a dashboard that tells me exactly how I'm doing, uh, you know, and how the business is doing so that I can see, uh, you know, what... Um, what, what trends I'm seeing and what, 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 I, what I can do about it, even if I'm not on-premise or on, the, on location. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that is, that's helpful is guest, uh, guest interaction uh, and guest feedback. So um, one of the advantages of having handheld technology is that um, you can actually take the payment right at the table, right? So this isn't all that unique, I guess. You know, if you look at Canada and, and, and Europe, uh, they've been doing some form of this for a while now where the payments are taken table side. Uh, and so that's something that, um, you know, if you offer that up, it does a couple of things. One is, you know, let's say you offer um, transaction, transactional capability at the table. You know, you're not having the guest uh, have to give you their credit card they didn't have to, you know, leave with. You can do the transaction right at the table. And then 
once they finished the transaction, right? Well, you could ask the guest how 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 it went today. Was it a good experience, for example? And now that data, right, is accessible. So you can see the guest data and how that correlates with your menu, with your staff, right? Just to provide an opportunity for um, feedback and to call out top performers based on real customer data. Awesome. All great stuff. And uh, one thing that you uh, keep on kind of hinting towards, I think a topic you want to talk about is uh, the future of kiosks uh, in the, the world of restaurants. And um, this is one that I, I don't know, like this one, this one scares me. I'm on, I'm, I'm not going to lie because I, I hate to think of just totally removing that human element. So how explain to me how um, you vision a kiosk being used in uh, the restaurant world with that human element still there. Right. So I think the first and foremost, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that the, the end game here is that we're going to be walking into restaurants where there's nobody around and you're going to enter in a order on a kiosk terminal and the food shows up on a conveyor belt. I, I don't think that's what I expect will happen. Uh, but I think that the technology and kiosk technology specifically uh, can augment uh, the staff and the, and the servers. So, and it's different, right? The, the, the use cases and, uh, what, the do way you, get- what do you mean by augment? Sorry. I hate to kind of, yeah. I'm kind of caught up in that work. So I'm not too tech savvy yeah. and explain well, it a little bit better. So maybe I'll give you a couple, I was going to maybe try to give you a couple examples, uh, and see what you think. So if you're in a, um, fast casual environment, right? Um, there are times when you're happy to stand in line and, and, um, you know, work with uh, your server to build your meal and check out. And if it takes, you know, five or ten minutes, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, some restaurants will offer fast casual uh, line busting with uh, mobile technology in most cases, just to provide the guest with, uh, um, you know, um, touch at the end of the line where uh, you, you can tell the guest how long the wait is, for example. Uh, but in general, I think, you know, there are times when it's perfectly acceptable to, to go through a line. But then there are times when uh, if you're really, you know, uh, if you are short on time and you want to focus on efficiency, uh, offering guests options with, 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 with kiosk technology uh, can add value. So you imagine where in addition to the line, you've got three or four kiosk terminals, right, on the side where you can go up and just like an airport kiosk, right, so if you walk into an airport today, you can... Uh, bring up the boarding pass on your phone, or you can walk up to a kiosk, right, and print it out. So something similar, where when you choose to, you can walk up to a kiosk, place your order, and then uh, pick it up um, when it's ready. Um, that's an example of the technology augmenting uh, what the restaurants are already doing. Um, another example is, um, and this is probably less, uh, I'd say not less, more uh, controversial in some cases, but uh, some restaurants are testing, you know, technology at the table in a sit-down environment. So uh, the idea is, you know, if you've got some sort of device, and you got to be careful how you place this because, um, you know, if I personally go to a restaurant and I see a big tablet, right, sitting on a table, it, it actually takes away from the experience. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's not clear, right, how you incorporate technology into a sit-down environment yet, I think. But, but the idea would be, um, you know, I show up and... Uh, and I've got some technology to augment what my server is doing with me. So I still still interact with the server, um, but the 
order that I've created with her, let's say I've ordered some drinks and, and, and some and a meal, is accessible to me on this device, where I can now, you know, it can give me suggestions, for example, and say, oh, do you want to refill or place another round of drinks? Or uh, here's some items that it may recommend, right, that would pair up well, because the data can tell you uh, with what you've already ordered. Uh, or recommend, you know, a popular dessert that you might like based upon, uh, you know, let's say, for example, you really like uh, tiramisu, and they've got one that's really popular. Right? You can start to recommend things like that. Um, I think that's further out, personally, than the, than I think the fast casual environments are going to pick up uh, self-serve kiosk technology first. Uh, but I think that down the road at some point, uh, even in table environments, sit-down environments, uh, there is an opportunity to to provide some level of technology to uh, to augment again uh, your 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 uh, your server. Some of the things I really liked uh, um, from this like little discussion about uh, kiosks, uh, first and foremost, was like that first example you gave, you gave with that person standing by the kiosk a- asking or offering help, uh, like being a, like the personal helper, like oh, like let's go through the menu. Oh, if you like that, then you might really like this. What questions do you have? Like I think uh, being able to really make that uh, interaction about. Uh, helping the guests rather than just taking their order, like really working them through the menu and making it like a proactive or not proactive, but like a uh, in more interactive experience is kind of cool. Uh, the other thing that really kind of stood out to me, the whole mentality of technology is basically offering convenience. You're, you're basically providing a better service to your guests and in providing a better service, giving them the options to expedite the process, you're extending hospitality. Um, and that idea of it, I, I get because at the end of the day, like our, our job as restaurant owners is to provide the best service possible. And if that means uh, getting in and out as fast as possible because you're on a short lunch break, then you want to you want to be able able to uh uh you know be there for that person that might be looking for that particular situation and the other thing i never really considered before with the table at table kiosk and this is where i get the real heebie-jeebies too like i don't really i really hate the idea of kiosk at a sit-down environment but you make some really cool points where again it's about that service right so with the the ability for our guests to be able to say hey i'm low on water or hey like i need a refill on my beer and I mean, a good server would be on that. That'd be, you know, all over it. But sometimes it gets really busy. This allows the the guests to be more reactive or more proactive in the, uh, uh, I guess, the exchange where if they get really low, they can hit a button and say, hey, we need more drinks. Now that server can serve that table better because it's like instant, like a pop up on their tablet um, or whatever they might be carrying around. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, exactly right in terms of... uh and it's all about efficiency. It's all about, you know, for, as a guest, for example, myself, you know, if I'm out of beer or I'm out of water and uh, um, I can't find my server for 10 minutes, that's frustrating. Yeah. And so that's the one, one case where, you know, I would find value uh, out of um, by being able to press a button that says, you know, would love a refill, right? Uh, so I think it's, it's really meant to be, meant to be um, an option. It, it, you know, I don't think that, you're 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 looking at a world where you walk in and all you see is 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 uh is kiosks yeah. i guess i mean in my mind i'm i'm seeing the kiosk at the table like as an opportunity to improve communication uh, giving giving the customer another channel to to connect with you if they need something um and that is hospitality in my opinion that is that's extending hospitality um we need to take a quick second to thank our sponsors we'll be right back When you're running a busy restaurant, it's pretty hard to find time for training. 
Well, Tipsy has a whole library of video courses from industry experts, including world barista champions, marketing gurus, and customer service superstars. Get your staff watching Tipsy courses and watch their growth help your business. With Tipsy, scheduling training, tracking skills growth, and measuring engagement is a piece of cake. In the hospitality industry, we never have enough time, so training often falls away. But as management legend Andy Grove says, the only two ways to improve performance are training and motivation. Tipsy provides both. Click the Tipsy banner in the show notes to find out more. Because your Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll receive a special 50% off your first month. What are you waiting for? Get on it. We're back, and uh, some of the other things you wanted to discuss uh, were uh, the unique constraints when it comes to automating food. So what did you mean by that? Sure. So, you know, if you look at uh, a lot of segments, right, let's say I go shop online um, and I buy something, it's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of constraints in terms of, well, in terms of being able to place the order and, and get some estimates on when the order will be delivered. Uh, with food, one of the things that's interesting is, you, know, you have to take some raw ingredients and put together a, a, a meal, right, or a drink, and it's got a shelf life. And so um, one of the things you have to be really careful about is and so when people are ordering online, for example, right, um, you have to be sensitive to the fact that when they come in, right, they want high-quality, fresh food that's hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's hard to do because um, if I wake up in the morning and I place an order – uh, on my on my phone, right? And I say I'm going to be there. Let's say um, at nine to pick up. I might be there at nine twelve. And guess what? At that point, if the food was ready at nine, that's not ideal. And so that's an example where there's some unique constraints with food, right? That uh, a lot that that people are looking to solve. So one of our customers, it's a customer in Chicago, um, that is I think it's called Eastman Egg. And one of the things they're doing is they're taking our uh, point of sale stack and using our, our APIs for online ordering and building a custom application where no matter when you order, right, the order only shows up in the kitchen once it thinks you're within five minutes of the restaurant because that's what they think is the optimal time they need to both get you your food efficiently but also make sure that the food is hot when you walk in. How does it do that? I'm curious. So what, what it does is it, um, it um, uses your uh, geolocation in your smartphone, oh. right? And uh, so it, it actually tracks where you are, and uh, it only submits the order into the kitchen once you get to within a certain radius that they have set up. And it's, it's very specific, too, actually. So for each store, it's not just saying, oh, it's, if you're a mile from the store, it, it, it looks at the, you know, the, the street grid to say, okay, uh, based upon where you are, oh. that's what it's going to take to get there. And this is one technology that Toast is implementing right now that people are actually using in their restaurants. They're they're building it right now. Yep. So the um, the and it's really you know, a lot of the technology is is, is existed. Uh, this technology exists obviously with all of the you know mapping technology out there, right? Waze and Google Maps does this really well. And so we're simply combining some of that technology in terms of being able to look up you know, how long it would take to go from point A to point B with uh, you know how long the prep time is in an item. 
Yeah, that's cool. Uh, one thing I'm really uh, looking forward to is when we get to the point where uh, we can start using CRM with counter service, like fast casual environments, where we can see that person in line if they have a, a, an app that's a you know somehow affiliated with the service we provide that integrates with the POS system, where we can see okay, Mr. Smith's in line, and Mr. Smith. Uh, always orders this we have a special you know he ordered he always orders the chicken we have a uh, chicken special today like uh, an opportunity to really provide that you know unique uh customization to service for people in that fast casual environment uh where do you see that on the horizon yeah there's there's a few different things uh that are happening um you know there's technology maybe with wi-fi networks for example that people are looking at to identify a guest with their smartphone as they walk in uh, and there's other technology as well that, that people are looking at that's similar. But the challenge that we have, I think, is, is accuracy. So you, know, you, may be able to, you may be able to identify uh, a guest as they walk in, right, uh, and they get in line, but the fidelity of that can be difficult because it can be, tr- it, it can be tough to see whether you're fourth in line or fifth in line or did you get out of the line and come back in. And so getting it exactly right when you when you're at the, at the counter, uh, is, has, I'd say today is not a solved problem. Yeah. So. I'm curious if there's opportunity for services like ZenReach in Turnstiles to, uh, you know, partner with POS systems, those uh, Wi-Fi services. Maybe uh-huh. as somebody is the, coming into Wi-Fi signal, that cues them in a certain order. I mean, it might not be perfect, but if you've been working there long enough, like even if you get like a hint, you know, like you, you might sometimes you just need like a, a hint as to who it is. Like you, you recognize a face and as soon as you see the name, you're going to remember who it is, you know. Um, and I think something like that might be able to help. But I mean, that, that, I think that would be if once you guys figure that out, you let me know. We're going to have you back on the show because I would love to spread the word about a service like that. Um Awesome. I mean, Sounds good. <laughs> I think we've covered pretty much everything we, we wanted to discuss today. The one thing I don't think we really went into enough was the all-in-one restaurant management technology. So how talk to me about how all-in-one restaurant management technology has saved time and money. Sure. So, um, you know, a lot of operators that, that we talk to and I talk to, um, one of the things that they they bring up is they've got quite a few different systems, right, that are running their business. So they've got a solution for point of sale. Uh, they've got a solution typically for payments. Uh, you know, online ordering. They have multiple solutions for, given the growth there. Um, you know, you think about gift card programs, loyalty programs, digital loyalty, uh, websites, um, e-commerce in terms of gift card programs online, um, labor, inventory, and the list really goes on, right? Yeah. And so, one of the challenges is not only is it difficult to maintain and manage all these different systems, often these systems need to be able to talk to each other, right? Especially the POS and then the data out of the POS into back-of-the-house systems. And so uh, one of the things that we think about is can you provide more of a platform that is, A, got a lot of these features built in, right, but is also open. And what I mean by that is, you know, it makes the data very accessible and easy, right, to go pull in and get out. And so... Uh, that's something that we value and we, 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 we're building towards. And, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the benefits, obviously, from a cost perspective, if you've got one platform that does seven or eight things and you can you know, consolidate, you know, of, uh, multiple vendors into one, there's, there's, there's typically cost savings there. And then operationally, right, uh, if you've got all the data in a single system, uh, it just makes it easier to be able to go in 
and see how your sales are affecting inventory or how your labor costs are affecting uh, as a percentage of sales, for example. Yeah, or even customization, being able to pick and choose from the options that the service provides to tailor your needs specifically. Um, Absolutely. To really, yeah, that, that's cool. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think we've covered a lot today. Is there anything else you want to you know, talk about that we didn't really discuss before we wrap up? No, this was great. Thank you so much, Eric. I enjoyed the conversation, oh. and I look forward to being to coming back in your show when I have the problem. <laughs> yeah, when we have that figured out, that'd be great. So, before we let you go, I got to call somebody, out, or we're going to have you call somebody out. So, who's one indie restaurant uh, professional, maybe one of the restaurant groups you're working with that you just really admire and think would make great guest mentors on the show? Sure. Actually, I think you mentioned them. Actually, so one of the groups that I've enjoyed working with, I first, I think, met Jefferson Macklin. Um, uh, back in 2011, uh, this is before we uh, were even at Toast, and uh, he was uh, at Barbara Lynch, and I think he's got a new group uh, concept now called Bar Mazana. Yes, he does, and I had him on the show about a month ago, and he was awesome. Okay. <laughs> you got anybody else? Um, this is, is going to be harder and harder, I'm starting to realize, as I put out more episodes. But <laughs> um, let's see, somebody else. I'd have to get back to you on that. I'll think of someone. All right. Well, Jefferson was a great show. Let me find out what episode that was so you guys can check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, that episode was 228. So if you head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 228, you can listen to that interview with Jefferson Macklin. Macklin awesome guy. Uh, now let the folks at home know how they can connect with Toast. If they are really interested with what you had to give us with solutions and just the, you know broadening our knowledge on the topic of POS systems and they're interested to learn more about Toast, like what's the best way to connect? Sure. Uh, Toast is available on our website at toasttab.com. That's spelled toast, T-O-A-S-T-T-A-B.com. Or you can email us at info at toasttab.com as well. And don't worry about writing that all down, guys, because I will have the links in the show notes. Just remember, 252. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 252. I'll have all those links in the show notes. And if you do use my links, you will save 10% off the cost of all of your hardware. If you choose to go with Toast, great company. My past guests have been recommending the service uh, since the beginning. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, again, if you do use to use, if you do choose to use Toast, use my links. Like I say, you'll save ten percent on all of your hardware expenses, and that's just because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners. So, uh, thank you, Among, for that generosity and uh, helping maintain this podcast. Uh, I appreciate your support. Awesome. So, you can find all those links right there, Amon, Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, just kind of expand our knowledge and the future of POS systems and what's going on in the industry right now. There's no questioning. You and Toast are unstoppable. Thanks, Eric. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful, a whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. 
Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.